Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to tell you about this podcast. It's called The DK Project, but it's really The Darren Show. The DK Project is a radio show, but without the radio. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Let's go! Today's episode is brought to you by the Lost Lake Creamery, located in Mound in the Harbor District. If you're on the bike, it's off the Dakota Trail. If you're in the boat, it's on the north end of Cooks Bay. Just look for the Lost Lake Channel. Plenty of parking provided by the city. If you're by car, 5575 Shoreline Drive. Stop in 24 flavors of hard-scooped ice cream, old-fashioned ice cream parlor. We're open for the season. Noon to 9 on the weekends, 2 to 9 during the week. Make sure to stop in and see us. Welcome back to the DK Project, episode 153, rounding the corner. It is actually sunny and warm out, which is great when you own an ice cream store. (laughs) Anyway, zooming in with us today, Mr. Spike Spencer. Now, here's the caveat to this deal. This guy does maybe one or two more things than I do. A lot of them parallel. But he's on the other side of the world. This is our furthest reaching guest to date. Good day, mate. I'm uh, extraordinary. How are you today, sir? I'm doing very well, and I'm uh, five o'clock central. What is your? What, I see you're drinking coffee. Are you in the morning? It is eight a.m. tomorrow <sighs> for you. You're so look your future at looks fabulous. Just telling you. I'm telling you. So we talked a little bit before we got on air. Now, are you down there surfing? What you, what drew you down there? Well, first of all, I don't surf because I don't like sharks. So I stay out of their, their living room. They stay out of mine. Um, but, uh, no, I was appearing at Supernova, which is a great convention in Australia, and I've been down here before. But I uh, came down, and uh, we did – they do two cities. So they do Melbourne, and then we did the Gold Coast, which is just south of Brisbane. It's beautiful by the way and um so we pulled into the gold coast the second uh, half of the 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 run and it was the day tom hanks said he had covid and he was about two blocks away from us because he's filming on the gold coast the sure. new elvis biopic and so he was here and then the world went topsy-turvy and uh we <laughs> We were like, you know what? We're you know, we'll just wait here for a little bit. It'll it'll die down. It'll be fine in a couple of months. We'll be okay. So <laughs> we packed for three weeks, and we've been here over a year. <laughs> so, did you rent an apartment, or or are you just like extended stay? Well, originally we were uh, we did Airbnbs for about nine months, <laughs> uh, and then we decided, well, you know, we're gonna we've got it. You have you have to extend your visa, which costs a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Hi, Australia. Where the hell am I going to go? <laughs> so, but they're like, nah, sorry, mate. You've got to extend your visa. Here you go. Right. And I'm like, well, crap. So uh, we decided instead of extending the visa and then doing it again in three months to um, see if we can get a student visa. And so I enrolled in culinary school. Nice. So I am training to be a chef now, which I, I love food. And uh, you probably noticed I did a, I wrote a food book, a dating cookbook called Food Game, A Man's yeah, Ultimate Recipe. Yeah, we'll get Recipe. to that. Yeah. So it's, it's an easy little side shift. So now I go to culinary school and we're waiting for um, our student visa, which allows us to stay here for a couple of years, which is awesome because it's great. So, 
But how do you just disconnect from here? Because you were living in America, right? Uh-huh. And you just disconnect uh-huh. and you're just going to come back in a couple of years? Like, is all your stuff still here? Yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> it's interesting how I, I train and, and coach and I, I discuss manifestation and, and subconscious, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I tell people, look, dude, we manifested all this. It was perfect the way everything hit. We had no idea what was going to happen. Australia was not on our radar. Right. <laughs> but traveling the world is. I mean, I've been to many, many places all over. But uh, we want to live our life this way. And we don't have to disconnect anymore. Hi. How are you? Wow. We're on. Yeah, you know? right. It's I, it's right down the street. I still work with Burbank. I still work with Hollywood. I still work with anybody elsewhere. It doesn't matter because I'm a, a laptop and a Wi-Fi connection away. Yeah. And I, I've just done some big projects in, you know, Hollywood uh, from, you know, a closet. So that's just awesome. like I would in Burbank. I, know I work with a coach in the voiceover world who lives over in Europe and, and you would never know. You know, you'd never know because uh, as long as you manage the time thing, okay. Uh, you know, nowadays with, with what's happened, it's really accelerated everyone's use of Zoom and and whatever you know, Google Duel or whatever you use. But it's yeah. really you know, and I, I think really the one that got squashed uh, on this whole deal is um, what's the other one? I, nobody ever uses it. It's all Zoom. Um, oh, now I'm drawing a blank. Well, see, I, I like <clears throat> I use Streamyard. Streamyard, yes, yes, uh huh. But there was there was one that was everywhere before Zoom, and it was like the big thing. And I can't even think of what it was. I think I've used it once. What is it? Skype. Yeah, Skype. Yeah, Skype just took it in the shorts on this deal. Like nobody uses Skype. Skype sucks because (laughs) that's why. Because they, I think Microsoft bought it or something, and it just got hard to use. And I was like. Because I was using it all the time. I still do use it sometimes with the with the studios. They'll do Skype on one side and then uh, Source Connect on another or right. Dub thing or whatever. Uh, just so we can. It's just easier to to deal with, and that's fine. But man, Skype, yeah, they Microsoft did what they always do. Apparently. <laughs> so now tell <clears throat> us a little bit. I was out exploring uh, SpikeSpencer.com, and mm-hmm. um, when you when you meet someone and they say hey what do you do what do you tell them because your 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 business card's about as thick as mine yeah i say i talk goofy for a living there you go there you go so was that your primary deal uh was voice acting out of the gate it sounds like you did a lot of real estate investing so i man i have a very diverse uh world so i'm an actor let's say that okay all right now I haven't said I'm an actor in years, but let's start off. Uh, 1984, I went to drama class in high school because I wanted to be a lawyer and I knew you had to get up in front of people and speak. Nice. I want to be a lawyer because that's where the money is. Bingo. And uh, I got the lead role in the first thing I've ever auditioned for and did that, did the run, the close, the the night we did it, uh, the, the curtains went down, applause went up. I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. I'm doing this. You're in. I like this. So <clears throat> I studied, uh, straight on through, um, excuse me. Not I'm COVID. A voice actor. <laughs> um, so, uh, I did that all the way through high school. And then I said, I'm going pro and I went to college, studied major in drama and for everybody out there, I want you to know, 
I have a baccalaureate degree from the honors program from the University of Houston, majoring in drama. Hello. nobody cares. Is that the phone ringing? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody cares. (laughs) So um, that sets the scene. So I'm, I'm an actor in Houston, Texas. And as an actor in Houston, Texas, you go everywhere. You go drive to Dallas for an audition. You drive to New Orleans for an audition. You drive to Austin. You're working anywhere and everywhere that you can. And you do everything. Okay. Well-rounded. You're doing industrial films, commercials, TV, radio, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was doing a film and I got introduced to Amanda Wynn Lee. uh, And she said, you you do all these fun voices. You should come do uh, dub anime. I'm like, what's that? You know, and she's like, well, it's Japanese animation. I'm like, cartoons? She says, not really. I said, does it pay? <laughs> she yeah, said, right. yes. I said, I'm there. When was that? And, like, uh, what year was that? 92? Because I, I feel like this anime thing has really taken off, and I, I've never seen it. I don't know anything about it. But I know my, well, I got a 15-year-old. Yeah, I started it out with uh, uh, Speed Racer. You okay. know, I grew up on that. Uh-huh. So that was anime. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. So it is a style and it just it got real popular. And so I was that was another thing I added to my my bag, right? Right, right. So now I'm doing voiceover, et cetera, et cetera. So fast forward. Uh while I'm doing acting, <clears throat> I wanna make money. So I'm like <laughs> I want to, I, I figured I'll flip houses. Cause I looked, I, you know, I heard one of those guys on the radio. That's right. You can make money. You can do real estate with no risk, no credit check, no money, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm, I've got all of those. So, exactly. um, <laughs> and, uh, I looked into it and I learned and trained and it's all true. You did you can. take the seminar? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you did. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. So I took the seminar, uh, and then I put it into practice. Now most people stop and this is, this goes into some of the coaching that I do. 99% of everybody who ever goes to one of those seminars or anything like that, they do nothing. 99%. Yeah. I believe that. Uh, I was the 1%. There but you it go. took three months of hard ass work before I even got one deal. Everything went wrong on that deal. Everything could possibly go wrong, went wrong on that deal. And I still made money. So I was like, thank God. Yeah, and right. then I went for, for 10 years, I flipped houses in Houston. Mm. So, Got, uh, I had the money. I was doing films. Things were going well in 2005 or so. Well, 2002, things started to get sketchy. Um, bought a big house in Kingwood, Texas, which is uh, northeast side of Houston. Where are you located, by the way? I'm in Minneapolis. Okay, Minneapolis. I love Minneapolis. Minnesota. Um, yeah, oof da. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you betcha. I, uh, I, so. We moved into a big house. I was doing real estate, had about 15 properties and things were looking good on the film side. I had like five films in the last like couple of years. I, ju- I was just finished up uh, five weeks in New Orleans working with uh, Frank Langella on a Disney film, uh, which was awesome because every night we ended at five and I went and tried another restaurant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was acting, Before. acting? Uh-huh. I was a film. It was a Disney film. And uh, yeah, and then a a nice food every night. I mean, I'm living the dream. I'm acting by day and and eating fabulous food at night. This is what it's supposed to be. That's exactly it. But uh, back home, things weren't so good. So (laughs) um, after all of that was going on, things started getting rough in the the business side. And my marriage at the time was, was, 
uh, having some some issues. And it all came to a head in 2005 when I found out that my wife was having an affair with my best friend. Ah. And yeah, oh, right in the shorts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that hurts. And uh, I, I I found him, busted him, uh, filed for divorce the next day. Uh, when my mind's made up, it's made up. Yeah. And that's the one thing. You know, that's a, I discuss boundaries in my coaching people. Get the book. Um, you know, <laughs> Spike you a, I'm going to do B. Biatch. And so I did. And uh, in 2005, everything changed. Uh, I, in two months, I lost 30 pounds. Uh, I call it the despair trim diet. I, I don't recommend it, but it is effective. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and that and hate lifting weights, man. <laughs> Oh yeah. A little anger work. Yeah. Oh man. I was, that was some therapy. Um, I moved to, uh, Los Angeles, uh, lost everything, everything, divorce, bankruptcy, lost the house, lost the business, lost literally everything. Um, and, uh, started over, went to LA and lived in an apartment for about eight years. That was the size of my old living room uh, <laughs> and cost more than my mortgage. Say it. it probably cost more. Yeah, it costs more than my mortgage on a 4,000 square foot house with a dojo and a pub in Texas. I'm telling you, a dojo and a pub. Boy, a hard combination yes. to find. Uh, it was it was the house of my dreams, right? So uh, long story medium, I moved, started over, and then I found out, um, you know, this again goes back to the manifestation. I just sat down and said, what do I really want to do? I said, I want to travel the world. I want to have fun. I want to eat good food. I just, uh, I want to live, you know, and like, literally a few days later, I'm sitting there with Amanda because she moved to, to LA for further on. So she's been like my sister from another mister for 25 years. And she says, you know, you're kind of famous, right? I'm like, <laughs> I had no idea. I'm like, what? I'm, I'm famous. She goes, yeah, you can go to conventions because there's anime conventions and comic conventions and stuff like that with all of your voice work. They'd love to have you. So I started investigating that and I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. And I started going just ballistic within two, two to three years. I was going all over the world, appearing at conventions and signing autographs and partying like a freaking nut. Do they pay pretty and, decent for that? Um, it depends on how you do it. Uh, you know, that that's more of the business side of it. Um, yes and no, but let's put it that way at the beginning. No, I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I'm just like, yay. You know, I, I was a People character from Fraggle me. Rock. Dude, I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I'm going to London, I'm going to Australia, Hell New yeah. Zealand, Canada, yeah. and I just went all over the world. One year, I did uh, eight countries in 25 cities, and it was awesome. Oh yeah, I mean, still single. It was crazy. Yeah. Hey. Why do you think I was teaching my book? <laughs> <laughs> I was doing field research, baby. So it was great. Uh-huh. And uh, I mean, if you read the book, you'll you'll hear about it. But I mean, I've dated a Jedi, a Playmate, a, even a Terminator have. for a minute, <laughs> for about a half a minute. Um, but uh, anyway, here's the, the I guess, to, to round it all up, I, I moved to L.A. and been there the last 15 years. Um, and just building, it just seems that voiceover was what, kept hitting. Um, yeah. Nobody cared on camera. I'm like going, hi, I've been in scenes one-on-one -on -one with four Academy Award nominees. Two of them won. 
And Hollywood said, sit down, son. We don't care. Hey, you know, it, it really so, is more of a in that industry. It's really more of a who, you know, than what, you know, is that maybe accurate? Uh, yes and no. And that I always I, I have a coaching thing for that. Everyone says that it's not what you know, it's who, you know, and I said that it, there's you're missing one ingredient. It's not what you know. It's not who, you know, it's who knows you when you're not in the room. Okay. AKA cheerleaders, which I was in high school, by the way. Hey, now. <laughs> That's right. That's natural, right. natural theatrical. <laughs> That's it. So, you know, in, in LA, like anywhere else, it's relationships. You have to build those relationships. I get 90% of all my work myself. Uh, I have always have. And um, it's funny because anime, if, and I'm not an anime guy but I'm known for anime because I voiced like the most well-known anime character of all time, according to several lists, uh, Shinji in Evangelion. Um, I've been the voice of him for 25 years up until Netflix, you know, redubbed and, and redid everything. Uh, and then the fourth one on the rebuild is coming out. It just came out in, in Japan and broke like all kinds of freaking records. So really? uh, who knows? I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get it or not, but um, you know, I'd love to round it out and do the voice one more time at least. So, um, they, so they do it over there and release it and then you, they translate it for you and then you do it here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean the, the companies, whoever gets the, the product, whatever it is, it could be Funimation, it could be Netflix, it could be anybody. I don't know. Um, and they get the rights to it and then they have their translators translate it all and then dub it, uh, whether it's in Houston or Dallas or LA, New York, Vancouver, whatever. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm us as voice actors, we're the last people to know, you know, somebody's going to call you and say, Hey, we'd love to have you, you know, do this voice. And it's like, Oh, and by the way, I'm just throw this out there. Hey guys, I'm not hard to find. <laughs> Google me. SpikeSpencer.com. Hey. How about that? Rust Bust Click Dust Breach Trigger Peel. There you go. I love it. So when you say yeah. that you're the main dude uh, in that particular anime, how, like, is that like a five-year gig? Is that a 10-year gig? Is that like a couple no, months? No, no, here's the weird part. So it, <clears throat> it's been 25 years, but what that means is I did the 26 episodes back in 94. Four, I think was when it happened. Then there were three subsequent movies after that. And that was it. Nothing happened for many years. Then the guy who developed it, uh, Anno, he uh, decided he was going to do a rebuild, a remake of the whole thing. And he was going to do four movies. Wow. So then they did, they did one, two, and three. And um, that was actually done in Dallas. So I was in LA and they flew me to Dallas. And I would do that. So it was like literally one day in the studio, one to two days in the studio. And that was it. And then go back home. No residuals. You know, anime is the hardest voiceover job in the business. And it pays the least, by the way, just so you guys know. What a sales um, pitch. Yeah, it's it's awful. Um, but it's fun to do. Yeah. And then you get it done and then you move on. So um, but anyway, so that's what happened. And so it's been over the course of 25 years from 1994 wow. to, to now. And if, uh, you know, if I get four, then awesome. Then I don't know how many years that is. We're going up to 30, right? Right, right. And, 
I have no problem with that, I mean, but it's great, but it's not like a lot of money or yeah. anything like that, which is funny. Cause people are like going, so you're doing pretty good, huh? It's like, no, no, I dubbed, I was not the original voice. Yeah, right, right. It's like, it's like the guy who dubs Bart Simpson in Venezuela. It's right. like, Oh, you must be really wealthy. <laughs> no, I'm eating a cat. <laughs> what about, so then, so what other characters do you just do anime? You do anything, don't you? I do anything. I yeah. mean, well, like actors, like I said, we do we do any and everything. But um, Hollywood likes to pigeonhole you and say, so what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm an actor. OK, so what have you done? Oh, I did a video game. Oh, you're a video game guy. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I've done these things. I just thought you might know that one. I've also done some anime. Oh, you're an anime guy. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm I, I do all kinds of things. I mean, I'm classically trained. I can be on stage right now, you know, uh, but that's that just is what i'm like known for so i'm kind of leaning into that um i would i like to be on camera again Eh, kind of i mean it's okay i don't like the audition process i don't i know and that's like one of those things where it's like nobody likes to audition but that's the lifeblood of what you do i'm like yeah kind of but you don't have to well what about um when you go to these comic cons and this kind of stuff for the anime piece how, how what's the reaction when people meet you like because i know i did a um interview with a couple folks who do like erotic uh narration and uh and they go around to these things and and they have like a following like like yeah. autographs and people searching them out is that what you find when you go to these things like are there people looking for you oh yeah 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 um <clears throat> it's interesting because sometimes depending on you know what you've done you might have a line around the corner of people wanting to come and sign autographs. Uh, and, uh, you know, that doesn't happen to me all that often, but every now and then it's like, Hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But, you know, you, you come to your, you sit down at your table and there's gonna be 20, 30 people in line waiting to come see you. And you just go, hi, how are you doing? And we you talk to them for a minute and you sign the autograph and off you go. I mean, it's amazing. You get to, to see these people like, wow, you like what I do. That's awesome. Yeah. You that, know? I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <clears throat> it's in my future. I'm going to have that. Yeah. I'll be the oh, guy absolutely. at the table with nobody there. Just the sounds of crickets in the background. <laughs> Dude, I've, I've been that guy too. <laughs> it's humbling. I did one. I got this great picture in London. So there's a guy named Vic Mignogna. You probably, you probably, you might've heard of him. Uh, he's like really big at conventions and he's been in voiceover and all. He's had some, uh, some issues in the past that were uh, kind of vaunted him up into the headlights. And now he's kind of like disappeared for a while. Um, but at the time he was very, very popular and he always has been. And, uh, <clears throat> we we're both in London and they set us up at tables right next to each other and everybody. And it was, it was, it was very British. So everybody's like, so the line starts in front of him. And so everybody lines up in front of him and I was like, and then they would come over to me, but it looked like, you know, I'm sitting there <laughs> by myself and he's got this line out the freaking door. And I just thought that was funny. So I had my friend go and go to the back of the line and take a picture and he's sitting there. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> the life of a anime character. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was really funny because they would all come over to me and it's like, Oh, how are you? You know, I'm like, you know, you guys can come over here too. And it's like, ah, you know what, whatever. Two separate lines, <laughs> two separate lines. They're like, what do you no, get? no, I'm sorry. Um, this is the queue, and we're going to stand right behind each other. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, well, they were all just being polite and, and staying in line. What, exactly. um, how, how often are you out on the road doing public speaking events? Um, it's it's really com, uh, combined. Well, well now we I mean, have like last a pandemic. Been, you know, we have a little asterisk. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm uh, currently still appearing at my last convention. <laughs> um, 
So hasn't, haven't really done any of that lately, but um, you know, it just depends on where I'm going and what I'm doing. Um, but I'll, I've made it to where my public speaking is at the conventions. And so I'm doing my, it's not motivation, but it's a coaching and it's a uh, more of a, like I said, the mind scrambling, the mind yeah. scrambler podcast is all about shifting the things and the stories inside your brain to where you are in charge rather than being at the whim of everything like that plastic bag floating in the wind. Right. And, oh, right. Speaking of, hold on a second. Guess what? We have a special guest. There we go. Hi buddy. Hi. Hi. This is my boy, Declan. Declan, doesn't he have school today? No, he is in pre-kindy. Uh, so he is, he goes to school on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, which is the day that I go to school as well. And then uh, he goes on Friday. You guys take the bus well. together then? No, no, we've got, it's so amazing here. We've got a, um, his, we live in a, a high rise, right? So we've got, if, if you look at gold, the Gold Coast, it's like, kind of like, looks like Miami. <clears throat> only better weather. And um, in this building that we're living in, there is a really advanced forward thinking uh, preschool on level two. What? And so we just drop him off right there. And then I, there's a tram line uh, out here on the gold coast that runs up and down. And I just hop on the tram and go to my, my school, which is five stops down. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Man, you are we, living we, the dream. I told you, I love we the manifested. Idea just, we got plopped right where we needed to be. I'm telling you, I, I'm so jealous. I've been talking with my, I got a 15-year-old that we're waiting to get out of high school so that I can go somewhere in the winter. But you're you're just picking up and moving, man. I love that idea. Just forward the mail well, and you call know, it, it good. It wasn't it wasn't exactly uh, the idea, it, it, but it, but everything fell into place precisely as we wanted it. Yeah. But that's that thing where that you go and get that universal thing where it's like, you know, what do you really want? Well, your subconscious knows what you really want already. And sorry, putting it out there if you want to go out and the, you know, uh, frequency vibration and all that kind of stuff, which is, by the way, it sounds woo woo, but it's being proven by science, which is kind of cool because I'm all about to prove it. You know, yeah, I'm not like that. Hey man, give me a crystal. Let me just rub it against my temple. I'll be fine. <laughs> they, That's not me. But I'm like, if you show me, it's like, yes, this crystal. Here's what it's doing to your brain, and it's making this happen here, and blah blah blah. Then I'm like, cool. All right, I get it. I understand it. So, is that is that a, a snippet of what we're going to hear in the uh, Mind Scrambler, the podcast? Yeah. So is absolutely. that really like? Um, I don't want to say like positive affirmations, but like. Um, like a positive thinking reinforcement kind of a thing. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, I have I have one. I think I have. I think I did one. If I haven't, I'm going to be doing a podcast that positive thinking is BS because if it's not backed up by the feeling. Yes, I have done. I have done one on this. Um, there's a whole lot of people saying positive affirmations and getting nowhere. It's because your heart doesn't believe it. If your heart doesn't believe it, it isn't going to work period. So you got to get, I call it, I'm still trying to work on a better way of putting it, but I call it like the intentional stair step. You know, if you say I'm a millionaire, you know, that fake it till you make it BS. Yeah. That's ridiculous. You know, I'm a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. And that's the whole time your heart's going, bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's like, so that is disconnected. Sure. It doesn't work. But if you say, well, I want to be a millionaire, you go, your heart may go, yeah, okay, cool. I get that. Or if you say, I'm willing to become the person that can be a millionaire, you're like, oh, your heart's going, yeah. Okay, we're getting closer. We're getting closer. Right. You know, that sort of thing. And once you get to there, then you can start build it up from there. But most people could jump right to the top 
and then it doesn't work. And then they're like, that stuff doesn't work. I'm like, I know, because you did it wrong. That's dumb. What about, so so, so does the, the speaking and the podcast kind of go together then, eh? Absolutely. So what I've done, there's there's a talk that I give right now at conventions, and that's the mainly where I do my talks is uh, at conventions, but I've done it for corporates. Uh, you know, I, I do it anywhere. Uh, but there's one in particular that I'm really proud of. It's called The Reluctant Hero's Journey. And it's based on, obviously, the, the hero's journey. We all understand that. And the reluctant hero is maybe not that person who wants to be, doesn't want to be a hero per se, but maybe just the hero of his own life. You know, it's like, hey, I don't want to go out and save the freaking world. I just want to have a wonderful life and be happy and strong and and help other people and be, be, you know, be something, be something where I can help other people, where I can provide, uh, where I can and, you know, give comfort because you can't give comfort to other people if you're feeling like crap. Yeah. Hard to do hard to do. So I talk about the reluctant hero's journey and I go into all of these these tips tricks, trainings, and techniques that can help. I mean, I've only got about an hour, so I just got a big, big realm. But in coaching, I mean, for example, I'm an NLP certified coach. I'm a bank code uh, certified uh, personality trainer. Uh, I've studied with Brendan Bouchard, a little bit with Tony Robbins. I mean, lot, lots of trainers, um, lots of coaches, some of the best coaches in the world Yeah, we have, we have worked with. My wife is way further than me. So you know, we do have the toolbox plus in relationships, which my jam is relationships, communication and connection. Uh, that's my jam. And that's where I have my own personal story, the whole food game, the whole dating and starting over from being at ground zero. Actually, I was about a buck and a half below ground zero. And then I, you know, shot up and I ended up marrying an amazing, phenomenal woman in the other room there. So and traveling the world. Tell me a little bit about the food game. Uh a man's ultimate recipe for dating success. This is your book. Yeah, this is my book. When did Um, this come out? All right, gang, time to talk a little restoration. If you've been hit by fire, flooding, wind, hail, some kind of storm damage, give Grady Restoration a call. These guys are experts in the field of restoring, dealing with insurance companies, getting the project done. You want to deal with a top-shelf contractor who you know you can trust, who's going to show up and get the job done, not leave you with loose ends, extra bills. They're going to take care of everything. It's the crockpot of construction. Set it and forget it. They'll deal with the insurance company, the payments, everything will be handled. It'll be back to new before you know it. If you've been curious whether you have some damage or not, give them a call. They'll come out, complimentary consultation. They'll look at it and tell you if it's an insurance loss or not. Give them a call, 952-472-1570, or look them up on the web at GradyRestoration.com. Don't forget to tell them you heard about it on the project. Time to talk a little tech, something you may not be familiar with, but need to be. ExpressVPN. Did you know that sending unencrypted data is like sending a postcard through the mail? Everyone can see it. ExpressVPN protects you from hackers who try to steal your private information. ExpressVPN also gives you unrestricted access to all parts of the internet. This especially applies to those of us here in Minnesota, where Fox Sports North has decided not to work with anyone so you can't get your favorite games on your TV. ExpressVPN allows you to reroute your connection to a server in a country of your choice, making geo-restrictions a thing of the past. ExpressVPN is offering my listeners three extra months when you sign up for a 12-month package. Go to ExpressVPN forward slash the DK Project and click on the limited time offer for DK Project listeners. 
Start watching all the programming you want and unleashing stuff you didn't even know was out there. Netflix in other countries, Spotify in other countries, prices are different, what they're showing is different. Check it out. ExpressVPN forward slash the DK Project. Hello. You're back. I was just, I was just putting the Google on the uh, Australian Gold Coast. Yeah. Is, is, is the weather perfect? Perfect. It is absolutely amazing. It has been, we're going into uh, to winter here. Yeah. And we may have to wear a light jacket. You know, it's great in the mornings and the evenings. You might want to wear a little bit, bit of a coat, but that's about it. It's kind of like California, but California can get really cold and uh, kind of wet and uh, really super hot in the summer. Now it gets super hot here, but the crazy thing about Australia that I found is it can be that that sun is blistering hot, hotter than California. I, I don't care what anybody says. It is hot, hot, hot. Right. But you step under a tree. It's like 20 degrees difference. Really? It's amazing. It can be smoking hot out there. And you step under a tree and be like, well, this is kind of nice. <laughs> What's the, uh, I like to call it the cuckoo bird factor. I was just out in LA and, um, not a huge fan. Um, what? What? Yeah. How are the people there? Are you like? It's so interesting. The people are amazing. Okay, we we have made incredible friends, people that we adore here, and they're from all over the world. That's what's interesting, at least here for sure. Because um, this is like a tourist destination, so there are. I mean, there are people from everywhere. You walk down through the the mall here, and you're going to hear five different languages from all over, and. Um, and um, uh, it is an it's an interesting culture. I'm still trying to trying to figure to pinpoint it all out. But it's like it's like they're very uh, as I would say blueprint. They're very follow the rules. Whenever some, whenever you need to do something, you got to follow the rules. Just it's like a b c d d the blah blah. Oh really? But at the same time, they're all about I fuck it. No worries. Really? <laughs> but but you got to follow the rules. But if you don't follow the rules, then it's like, eh, whatever. Except like, for example, uh, you'll hear two different, it, it, kind of the same as, as in the US. It was like Melbourne, they were shutting it down. And a lot of people were like, uh, no, I'm not wearing a fucking mask and blah, blah, blah. And they, they wanted freedom and everything. But it, it was it was interesting. It's it's not it's not quite the same. Because the other ones are like going, um, we just do what we're told. You know, we do what we're told. <laughs> and I'm like, hi, I'm from Texas. I ain't doing what I'm told. Right, right, right. Yeah. Wow. We'll talk about it. And if I agree with you, then maybe I will. But if not, I will do what I want to do. Wow. So do you think you'll stay? Well, we're going to stay here for uh, as long as our visa lasts, which is probably about two years. Um, and like I said, my wife's going to have a baby next month. Uh, and so we'll be here. We've got an apartment. So I said well, we'd be an Airbnb Australian for about nine months then. and then we, we got an apartment. Um, it was, it was, it was a little difficult, but, uh, you know what? The Airbnbs were freaking cheaper. Uh, <laughs> really? yeah, yeah, they were. Now that you got bills to pay, it's like, oh, damn. So will your, uh, your unborn child will be an Australian citizen then? No. Nope. Oh, they don't give you the not free like, pass like, like the US? States. No, that's not how it works down here. Um, so yeah, it's not like the U S which is uh, something they might want to look into. Uh, but <laughs> That's uh, that's just the way it was. And uh, so what we're to do, our plan is to be here and then maybe when we're done here, go to New Zealand for a year to then who knows, Spain, Portugal, uh, Ireland. Um, we do want to go back to Texas. I think that's we're going to homestead 
in Texas, in the wine country. Um, of course. Since I'm, I'm born and raised in Texas, I love it. And up there, there's an up and coming wine, uh, wine scene there up in like Fredericksburg, Kerrville, uh, outside of Austin. And uh, it's just better weather up there. Uh, it's still freaking hot. But that's just a home base. We have yeah. a home and some land, and then and then off we go, travel again. Where's you know, where's we'll go to Vietnam like, or like Thailand? Where's all your you know. stuff? Yeah, because well, I, I don't. We don't have much stuff. So here's the crazy thing. I was telling you about how it, it all worked when we, we were living. Uh, Kim and I were living in an, uh, another apartment in the same building uh, where I was. We lived together for about seven years, and uh, then things happened, and we decided to move in with her parents back to her home in Burbank. Um, she's a certified Valley girl. <laughs> and, boy. Uh, so we, we moved in with her parents in Burbank to help with the baby and Kim was starting her business and, uh, I was having some troubles. And so it was like, man, it business was just like, ah, right. Um, basically got rid of most everything we have. It's in storage. And, uh, so when this happened, we didn't have anything. We had no ties. We had no rent, no, nothing back home. Wow. We sold both of our cars. So, so how, oh, the most important thing to me is how, how long is the plane ride? Uh, depends on where you land. Uh, Melbourne is about 17 hours. Sydney's about 15. <sighs> Brizzy's about 13. <sighs> From LA. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Here's the funny thing. So you leave on a Wednesday, you arrive on a Friday. <laughs> Because the hours, but the funny thing is when you go from Sydney back to LA, you arrive about the time you left. (laughs) How many, have you gone back and forth? Many times. Oh my. This is my, I've been down here eight times. Wow. Wow. I've been to every major city in Australia, except for maybe Alice Springs, Cairns and Darwin, which some people would say, those are not major cities, mate. Whatever. But I've, I've driven all over. I've driven from Adelaide to Melbourne to Canberra to Sydney and uh, Melbourne to Brisbane. So you yeah, I've done more more speaking of road time language. Most Australians. I, don't, I don't know where any of that stuff is. It's so like out of <laughs> my realm of thought that I would you know if if it wasn't so far maybe I'm I'm holding yeah. out till I I'm holding out till I have my private jet then I'll probably do it. <laughs> Maybe. I like that plan. Yeah. Hold on, I've got to push back. I got to push back a meeting real quick. No, no worries. Uh, so, okay, the book, Food Game. Here's how it came about. I was going to panels. I was in the middle of dating, uh, my learning to date again back in the early late 2000s, right? So, because I had lost everything, started over, had to build myself up from ground zero, uh. like I said, below ground zero. Uh, I had no game. I was 35 years old and I lost everything. So I was doing a lot of work on myself because I knew I needed to. And so I was doing, I was reading, I was learning, I was taking courses, I was going out and, you know, meeting people and hitting on women badly, you know, just terrible, just trying to figure out how to get my, get back to who I was. And I eventually started to get there and I was like, okay, cool. I'm feeling better. And then I'd meet somebody and I'd date somebody for a while. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm getting this down. And I just got better and better and better until there was one point. And this, I tell my students, I say, one day it's going to hit you. And you go, whoa, shit, I got it. I'm good. All right. And now you've reached a plateau 
and you're like, okay, you're not going to go below that plateau anymore. It doesn't matter what happens to you when you've done the work you have, you're, you're bulletproof. You know, I mean, will you hurt? Sure. But you'll hurt in a different way. You won't lose your mind and identity. You know, if somebody breaks your heart or something, you'd be like, okay, that hurts, that hurts. But now you've got all these techniques and tools and things to be stronger. That's what food game is about. Um, it's about the mental and the emotional well-being, but it's also about dating. It's like, hey, how are you going to go out and date? Well, this I know works because I did it for seven years in Los Angeles Ooh. as an actor with no money. Hey, now. And I dated a lot and had a great time. Why? Because I could cook and I could have women come to my place and they'd be like, wow, this is amazing. And then all everything just dominoes fall from there. Use your imagination. Yeah. But I mean, it doesn't always work. It's like the whole concept though is not about mm, get them into your lair. <laughs> no, it's about being a man that they feel safe with and giving them the respect to have that safety. You know, it's like, hey, doors open. You want to leave? No problem. No big deal. It's all good. Right. You know, no means, you know, hands up, yeah, right. <laughs> lights on, everything's good. So, you know, that's cool. That's fine. But see, that's, that's something that I had to learn and I perfected it because I started saying, you know what? I get to do less, get more, spend less, and everything's good. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And it works. It works really, really well. Um, but as I tell people, guys are like, oh, so all I got to do is cook for a woman and she'll come over? Um, yes and no. See, you've got to be the kind of guy that she will come over to apartment even on a first date Ouch. to be alone at your place with a man wielding a sharp cutting instrument. Can you do that nowadays? Yeah, absolutely. Like I could see that in the late nineties, maybe early two thousands, but nowadays, damn, I don't know. No, this was the late two thousands and 2010s. Damn. Yeah. That's how I met my wife. Oh. <laughs> she came over. So it works. <laughs> never it's left. been working. It, but it's been working for centuries, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all about how do you, how do you do it? How do you become that guy? That's the trick. And, uh, and it just, it just works. It works really well. And you don't even have to know how to cook. You learn like four, four dishes that are super simple. That's why the recipes in my book are like five ingredients or less. And some of them are just, Hey, take all this shit, put it in a slow cooker, turn it on, cover it, leave it alone. Come back an hour before the date, stir it. <laughs> your place, your place smells like a freaking French bistro, you, you know, made it, get uh, some you bread, made get some wine, fun. have a good night. I got to check it out. I, uh, I'm happily married, but I, I'm always interested in the, in the, uh, thought process behind that kind of stuff because I've been off the circuit for a long time and I think things have changed dramatically from Yes and no. Yeah, yeah, right, See, there, right, there's right, some right. basics that have never changed in the relationships. And yeah. I tell people, always date your wife. The core Guys, portion date of it hasn't changed. There's an aspect. There's a reason why my first marriage broke up, and I know what it was. And I take 100% responsibility. Whether people say, oh, it's a, this wasn't your fault because of blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't care. It was my responsibility. I take 100%. Yeah. Everything that happened, I manifested up to that point. Now, if that was her goal to go do whatever makes her happy – Here's the big question that we ask some of our clients that they're going through this kind of stuff. It's like, if, if you love her, did you love that person? You say, yes. Well, if you love them truly and 
they're not happy with you. And what would make them happy would be to with somebody, be with somebody else. Do you love them enough to give them that? Hard That's question. Because then that question becomes about you. So it's like, yeah, but, but me, I'm going to hurt. Yes, but how much do you love her? Right. Would you give your life for this person? Of course. Well, then now's your chance. Right. Well, so it's I a think hard find, question. There's a lot of people and a, a big problem, especially here in the Minneapolis, is um, there's no accountability for anything anymore. Nobody, you know, nobody uh, wants to stand up and, and, you know, take credit for this or, 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 you know, show, wow. show, uh, you know, because on one end, it's going to hurt and one end, it's going to be difficult. You know, and are you man enough or woman enough to to face that because of the greater good? Well, and here's I, the I thing. You find if, it. There's always accountability, whether you know it or not, whether it is warranted or not, because people see what you do or they're going to blame you or they're going to give you credit or whatever. But it's in their own mind. So somebody can do one, a thing and then half of the room is going to give them credit. Half the room is going to blame them but they're gonna hold them accountable right. in the future anyway. So it, it really doesn't matter. This is the point where you have to be strong enough in yourself to say, yeah, I got this, Yeah, I, you know, make me the bad guy, fine. Something you do with my real estate stuff and say, look, make me the bad guy. You know, I'm the bad, bad cop. Just, oh, this, he won't, my partner won't blah, 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 or whatever. <laughs> but people, my, my students, you know, they need, they're like, I'm, I'm doing this alone. I'm like, no, you're not, you got a partner. Yeah. Blame your partner. Yeah, my partner says we have to hold out for another thousand dollars. I'm sorry. Right. No, okay, fine. And then they sign it and make another thousand dollars. Said I just made you another thousand dollars. Yeah, classic move. I, yeah. I, I, I I've done that myself. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. So then you so then you did another book on uh, what happens at con stays at con. Can't. Yeah, what happens at the con stays at the con. Is that uh, Comic Con? Yep. Now, I get, well, it's 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 an amalgamation of all conventions and stories that I've been told, some of which I instigated, um, you know, things that I was actually involved in, things I heard about. And then I take those stories and I make them into a story that is like I make it funnier. You know, right. I add characters and and, you know, some of it's just crazy. Some of it's gritty. Some of it's stupid. So and uh, by at, doing at that, the end of every story. Some people outside of that world, right? Yeah, even people outside of the world will, will enjoy it. I yeah. mean, because it's it's crazy. Some of the stuff is is real, and one of them that is real is uh, dances with porn stars, um, and that was me uh, at uh, Eddie Van Halen's house, and it was because I was at a con in Lancaster, California, and another voice actor said, hey, you wanna to go to party in, 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 this, in this city with, at Eddie Van Halen's house? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a porn star party. So he had apparently uh, spent some money and helped a friend fund a porn. So it was just porn stars everywhere. And, and him, he was up on stage playing at his house and there was a water slide and I went up the water slide and you know, it's just crazy. It, it was crazy, there, there are pictures. Uh, oh, you know what? I, Not in the book. I, I would think at that point you would look at yourself and go, oh, now I've made it. Like, now this is the deal. This, that was like my second convention. That's, that's when you were hooked, huh? This That was 2005 <laughs> or 2006 when I had just moved and I was still a mess. My hair was down to here. I was drinking my ass off. I went full Irish. I mean, it was crazy. So you fit right um, in at an Eddie Van Halen party then. 
no, it, it was great. Wow. <laughs> it, well, was, I, it was fun. I, I speak from experience. I have a daughter who's now in college, but she, she was a dancer her whole life. And uh, ever since she was like three or five, I don't know. Um, but I'd go to these dance conventions, and there was one that overlapped with the Comic-Con. So you'd go, you'd go to the dance competition as a spectator, and then you'd see these people walking around, and you're just like, I know there's crazy stories coming out of that. Like that, it's just a different world. There's some different stuff going on there. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm checking that book out. I'm thinking that uh, with a little bit of embellishment, you could really have a sweet book there, which I'm sure you do. I'm going to check it out. I do. I do. It's funny because here's the, the, the reason the, the books, that's my, that was actually my second book. Uh, my first book was how to be a freaking genius voice actor. Food games, my third. Man. And um, I'm re retooling the voice actor thing uh, to maybe, cause I, I, what I did was I wrote them and then I put them on an audio CD. So I did audio book and I would sell these at conventions. And I had a CD that I could open up and say, you know, enjoy, here you go, boom, and get paid for that. And so I've sold thousands of these. So as an author, I am a successful author um, because I've, I've done that. But uh, yeah, it was just, it was weird because I don't, I don't have the voice book because nobody has CDs anymore for computers and whatnot. So I've got to figure out a way to, to make that work and to sell at conventions and such, but. So is it, um, is there a written version of it? Um, yes, but it's not, I haven't put it into an actual book form and oh. I want to redo it, retool it. That's interesting. Yeah. So I will be doing that one. I'll be putting that one out. Um, you know, I'm, I have to, I have to focus. Cause like you, I've got 25 different things going on. Plus it's like, Oh, bye. Got to go to culinary school. <laughs> you know what though I, I'm telling you we're we're living uh, parallel I, I would go to culinary school I love that idea I, I don't yeah. have the uh, I don't have the time I don't know how you have the time but but if I were to have to go that's where I'm going is culinary school hell yeah that would be well the, the whole side. dynamic shifted obviously being here in Australia yeah um, it's like what am I going to do well I don't have to go to the studios all the time although I do have a studio that I go to which I'm going to on uh, Saturday to record a big big thing but that's the you know he comes picks me up and we go over there and we go to his studio which is in a closet by the way <laughs> um, and we record this big big title right and it's fine it all works it sounds good everybody's wow. happy I'm like cool i've got an engineer i get to make him some money and uh but mostly it's 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 here i'm here my coaching is here That's so i don't have to leave the apartment if I, if I don't want to i audition in there or i go in there and i do some gigs or i'm here or i'm writing something or i'm working on something or i do my podcast in there whatever wow outstanding man you've got a lot going on i uh I'm always impressed when somebody uh, has a few more things going on than I do because I, I I pull my hair out regularly, um, and and well, a lot of them are that's similar. Something I, I do. Uh, I find that's something that I do as well. There we go. Get out of there. There we go. Who's that? Who's that? I heard that. that um, as you can see, I pull my hair out regularly too, mostly <laughs> you know in a straight up fashion. Uh, but it, it's you know it's, it can get overwhelming, and it really has to come down to okay, what's going to make you money first? Yeah. And I, you know, the only thing that I, I got going on right now with that is voiceover gigs. Right. And, you know, possibly uh, 
con appearances, which I'm going to be doing in two weeks. I'm going to Melbourne for a con. Then I've got Sydney and I got Perth, you know, which is, is awesome because Australia is shut down guys. So international guests are not coming. So I get to appear at every convention in this country. Well, that's what I was going to say. And are they, are they masked up and, and quarantining and no, just let no. it ride. It's the flu. Dude, check this out. So Queensland, this is, again, we went to one of the, we got, you know, quote unquote, stuck in one of the safest places on the planet. Queensland had cases in the few thousands. I mean, it was nothing. Uh, And they shut the borders to Sydney and uh, Melbourne and all that because Sydney and Melbourne kind of went crazy for a little while, which was nothing like L.A. Right. Um, And the whole time we've been here this past year, no masks. Um, they shut down restaurants and things, but there were no masks. No, I saw a few people walking around with masks until like literally last month, they had a bit of a spike in Brisbane, which was, I think, 12 cases. Wow. So they, so they mandated masks for about two weeks. So they hard, they, they put it, got it under control by shutting it down, shutting the borders down or in. Yes. No, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know about all of that, but I just know it was like, this has been great. This has been exactly where we needed to be. Um, you know, we can have we can talk about all about the masks and vaccines, all that junk, but I'm not going to get into that stuff. Yeah. No. Um, but I just know what I see, and it has been great here. It has been wonderful, and like I said, we manifested this. So you got there just I in time before because I was doing off. a lot of work before this. That's awesome. Well, Spike Spencer, you've been a great uh, uh, guest. Everybody can check you out at spikespencer.com where everything is. Link to the podcast, the books, the speaking. My, my Spike you, store. <laughs> That's my favorite part. I, uh, I'm i forever jealous. I, uh, I've worked with some character actors in, uh, in like retreats and stuff like that. And um, just it's so fascinating to see you do your craft when it's done to that level. It's amazing so i uh i am uh always interested in hearing more about it so but we gotta wrap this thing up i'm running long so we thank you sir and people can find you best places to go to the website yep absolutely spikespencer.com that's the hub of everything or uh look for the mind scrambler podcast obviously on itunes and and elsewhere those are the the two best places to find me or on twitter all right easy peasy i like it well thank you sir I uh, we'll check in with you down the road to see what's happened and see where you, where we find you. It'd be like where in the world is uh, Spike Spencer, huh? That's the way it's gonna be, man. That's the way we planned it. I'm jealous. Thank you, sir. Got it. That's it. That's the end. That's a wrap. Read the shtick. That's a wrap for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like to reach out, you can use the studio line at 612-504-6500 or by email, the DK Project Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, there's always social media at the DK Project Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.